What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Wendy, I'm going to be late for today's podcast. Why? I'm just, I don't know. It's just been a hectic day, so I should be here soon. All right. Just wait patiently. Good. I hope you come in pretty soon because this I'm is almost there. episode number 21. Oh. And uh, I have forgotten to ask you the uh, James Lipton 10 questions that you asked me on a previous podcast. On episode 19, Wendy, wow. I, I know, I'm, <laughs> I'm an archivist. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. I was an anarchist, and then I realized <laughs> I want to be an archivist, so I had to reapply. You're like Mr. Junior Jumble. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. So on episode 19, we were talking about the late, great James Lipton, who, uh, who passed away a short time ago, and he, on his show, Inside the Actors Workshop, would also, would always... Studio. Studio. Workshop? Right. Workshop. I don't know. We're still workshopping this show. <laughs> right. Right. And inside the actor's studio, James Lipton would end, I think, every interview and everyone I ever saw by asking the same 10 questions. And I know you'd say to yourself, I bet that was monotonous. But no, it wasn't because they were very uh, well-crafted questions. All right. And you asked me these and I had some answers. So I am going to return the favor. All right. In honor of the passing of James Lipton. I just found out Rutger Howard died also, Wendy. I found that out yesterday. Such a jerk. It's very sad. Did he have coronavirus? No. No. You're mean. <laughs> You're a mean man, child. <laughs> For people who don't know, on Facebook from time to time, they will mention somebody's passing who's already been dead for sometimes months or even years, and, and there's no rhyme or reason to why they mention it. It's just, it just comes up. Well, sometimes it's on the actual day. Yeah. And sometimes you don't do Facebook that uh, that much to know that a memory pops up. Yeah. Uh, like my dog Tiki passed away two years ago on Sunday. Yeah. And I was going to post something saying, oh, I still miss him. He was the best dog ever. But I thought Kona would feel hurt by that. <laughs> Kona's on Facebook? <laughs> yes. Really? But so that... Snout book. Yeah. <laughs> So th- your memories pop up, and sometimes people repost them with Do a new caption. Do you get sad, like on anniversaries of pets or people's death? Do you is there a sadness? Do you think about that person oh, and yeah. gets sad? You do, yeah, yeah. But somebody must have shared uh, a memory of Rutger Hauer, but it wasn't the death date because he died back in July. But I fell for it, and usually I'm the not so nice person who comments going really peter tork died a year ago yeah yeah somebody should have done that to me yeah because i saw it in numerous places when i was growing up on the anniversary of my mom's mother's death so it was my grandmother i never met her she died before i was born my mom was so sad on that day every year and even like on the days leading up to it she'd go well you know what's coming up on thursday we'd all just nod yeah we know it's your mom it's the day your mom died And she'd always, you know, relive that day every year. 
And because of that, I know this will sound crazy, but I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I don't know the day that my mom died. I was able to somehow, like when it was happening, I glossed over it because I don't, I don't want to carry that tradition on of being, I know approximately when it was, but I don't know the exact day. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's not easy. People always go, it's easier to remember than to forget. I, it's it's not an easy process, but all the way back then, I was already planning for it as it was becoming obvious she wasn't going to live much longer. I was going, I don't want to know what day it is because I don't want to, th- for the rest of my life, think about how sad it is on that anniversary every year. Yeah, but I, I agree with you, and I don't feel you need to memorialize a death date because yeah. um, especially losing a mother, we're yeah. members of the Dead Mothers Club, yeah. there are... Frequent times, almost every day that I think of my mom. Sure. So oh, it happens all the time. Right. So yeah. you remember her in that way instead of on the day she died. I think it's better how we do it. But I never, you're, oh, without a doubt, but I never saw anybody, I never saw anybody as affected as my mom was on that day every year. It was just a horrible, horrible day for her. And uh, like I built this wall around yeah. that day so I wouldn't think about it. Although that's, you know, I'm Catholic, your mom was Catholic, you're half Catholic. Yeah. That is a very Catholic thing to do. Half-calf, as we say in, <laughs> star, in the Starbucks religion. <laughs> I'm a half-calf. Can I have a grande half-calf? <laughs> right. I'm going to order that next time I <laughs> go to Starbucks. You. You'll go, oh, look, there's a little communion wafer on the side. That was delicious. <laughs> oh, yum. <laughs> but that was the Catholic ethnic thing to do because my grandmother did that too yeah i think it was and my mom did that oh this is the day that so-and-so died yeah they would always remind you my mom would do that with other relatives the one with her mom that was a hard day start to finish but every once in a while my mom would just go as you know this is the day that aunt Teresa died all and we'd we'd go yeah we know but we we didn't know right of course not we would nod oh yeah oh yeah but that was pre-Facebook, so if you, you had right. to remember it yourself. Yes. It wouldn't be like a memory coming <clears throat> up. Like a, on the day that Rutger Howard died, yep. you remember that day. Well, I will always remember yesterday because that was the day that you told me he died, even though I knew he died a long time ago. So it'll be hard for me always on the anniversary of yesterday. Okay, like you've never made a mistake. That's all I do. All right, so, but do That's I bring it up every no, show? No. If you want me to start, they no. can be very exciting. The podcast is only an hour. Rutger Hour. You're a jerk. The Rutger Hour. Can we call it that in his honor? You know, thank God I had an older brother and older sister to tease me to just, that was foreshadowing ready. to get me ready for you. You're right. I apologize. I will send you a bacon fruit basket. <laughs> show you how sorry I am. All right, it so, is limes and mangoes and bacon. Oh my! Uh, so James Lipton did pass yes. away recently, correct? I'm not bamboozled by that. A few weeks news. ago. Yep. All right. He had the ten questions that he would end his show with, and you asked me these on episode 19. Your answer. I th- I felt your answers were very revealing. Thank you. I thought I thought you really opened up more so than my clothing. About the same. <laughs> okay. Uh, more or less. All right. What is your favorite word? I don't have a favorite word. You're going to make this difficult, the whole 10 questions, aren't you? No. If I had a favorite word, I would just, I would blurt it out. I would just say what it was. But I've, I like words that have <clears throat> some, like, I was thinking, how do I describe this? <laughs> Pizzazz? 
Yeah, words that have some some push to them, like pizzazz. It's not pizzazz is not my favorite because that's similar to pizza, and then I would want pizza every time I heard pizzazz. <laughs> I'm like, I could have pizza now. It's like a Skinner uh, experiment. But I like words like uh, bubbly and effervescent and fizzy and and uh, and sparkly. I like those kind of words because they have like there's some there's some push to them. I you get know? what you're saying, but you have to give me one of those words for a, as an example, an IE, if you will. Sparkly. That's your favorite word. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Is that your final answer? Fizzy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Those words that kind of have, the, there's like some... Effervescent should have been your some word. Anima- that's a good one. Yeah I, do, yeah, I would count that one in there too. But it's like the package of all those because they've got, there's like some fizz to them. There's like, you know... There's like some movement there. They're not just laying there. They're they're coming right at you. You know, like when you pour a Coke or any animated any uh, carbonated beverage, animated beverage. <laughs> Those you know are your you, beverages. You know when you pour it and that little fizz comes up. Oh, I love it. And then you go, I got to drink. I'm going to take that real quick. And it's it's like it tickles it, your nose hairs. It tickles your nose hairs. Yeah, that's I like words that tickle your nose hair. All right. All right. What's your least favorite word? Everything else. You're going to make this so difficult. It's words that have been cutified. Like, you know how all of a sudden... Like foodie? Yeah. Foodie, hoodie, bestie, selfie, and the worst one is veggie. Because somebody decided a long time ago, vegetables aren't moving. We got to make them cuter. Let's call them veggies. And and then everybody went, yeah, okay. All I right, don't that's like words a good that have answer. been cutified with the IE. Little Billy? That one I'm fine with. <laughs> Yeah. That cutifies you. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a good answer. Is that a good answer? Yeah, I'm not happy Would with James your first Lipton one. Would James Lipton have approved of that? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Might have sustained him. Uh, what turns you on? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nothing. All right. Thank you for that. As I suspected. Well, there's different branches of it. I don't this mean is, sexual. This is, this is why I was never asked to be a guest on Inside the Actors Workshop or Studio. Because <laughs> Lipton wouldn't have put up with this nonsense. James Lipton would have hit me with a pool cue. About the, by, the, by the end of the second one, he would have just taken a pool cue and hit me with it. Was he a big pool player? Yeah. <laughs> he was a master. Uh, turns me on just get, like what gets me excited overall. What's a turn on for you? And I don't mean sexual. Uh, Playing tennis? Yeah, winning. Oh, winning? I That's love, good. I, I enjoy, and people always say winning isn't everything. It is. But it is. It is. It is. It's so much more fun. I still have fun when I'm not winning, but I love winning. Very competitive. All right. That's a good answer. All right. Thank you, Wendy Lipton. I, yeah, I'm sorry to judge your, your answers. You didn't really judge mine. <laughs> there are mine. no right or wrong answers. No, I know, but you judge me every day. I figure yeah, I can judge you on that's this. That's fair. All right. What turns you off besides <sighs> cute words? There's a lot. Oh, God. <laughs> Where do I begin? Um, I don't like fake cool. All right. Yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah. There are people who every once in a while you'll come across somebody who's got like this attitude where you say to yourself, why are you cocky? What do you, what are you doing that makes you cocky? With nothing to back it up. With no, yeah. I don't like that. Give us an example of a celebrity who does that, who, who is just really cocky with nothing well, to back it up. Kevin Hart. <laughs> He's got stuff to back up, Bill. He sells a lot of 
movie tickets. Yeah. Um, a lot of other comedians love this guy. Yeah. He's, right. he's cute. <clears throat> yeah. He's little. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't. But Kevin Hart is a celebrity who does it, but it's more annoying in real life. Like, as a celebrity yeah, does it, I know. you can filter it out and go, well, then I just won't go see Kevin Hart movies. And That's they're really a celebrity, easy. so in a way, they do have something to back it up with. Absolutely. But They've achieved something. Like when Snoopy turned into Joe Cool. <laughs> Didn't like it. Yeah, because he wasn't that cool. No. So just pretend you're on the sop with Camel, get on the doghouse with Woodstock, and be Snoopy. All right, what turns Bill Leff off? Fake cool. Fake cool. I agree. Fake cool. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, Do you remember when you and I worked at Q101, there was a guy who did overnights whose whole thing was being cool. That was his whole, like, morning, noon, and night. All he wanted to do is wear sunglasses and just be cool. And he wasn't cool, but he was, like, selling that he was cool. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember him. I thought he was pretty cool. He fooled you. Is Rutger Hauer still dead? Rutger Hauer was cool. <laughs> I'm that's still, I'm fake. easily fooled. That's no fake cool. Oh, I see. You're using yeah. it as an example. Because right. I fall for everything. <laughs> uh, you did not ask me these questions. I didn't ask you these? Nope. What did I not I'm ask you? I'm positive you didn't. I, no, I'm not positive. What are they? I asked, all, I asked all ten. Here's number five. What sound or noise do you love? Yeah. You I asked, asked you me that? that? Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. I don't remember what I said. You said, ba-doink. <laughs> you're like, ba-doink. Because if you're doing the ASMR, which is that, you know, I don't know what it stands for. You um, gave me two, and I said, would those be on your white noise machine? Oh, yeah, waves. Okay. Yeah. Because if we're doing favorite ASMR, which, what does that stand for? Uh, you're good at acronyms. Come on. I don't Autonomous remember. Sensory Meridian Response. It's um, something that comforts you. I yeah. love the sound of a footstep. Especially on gravel. Oh. I just, that sound, and I, I like That's to think. That's a good one. Why? Where does that come from? I really tend to think it's from, uh, I grew up in Brookfield. I used to go to Brookfield Zoo with my grandma a lot. I ended up working at Brookfield Zoo for many years. And we would, since we lived fairly close to the zoo, we would always walk home. And she lived by the railroad track, so we would walk home and just the sound of her shoes mm. on the gravel by the railroad tracks as we were getting to her house i think that's where I, i'm getting that you know what's amazing about that is that it is so specific to you I like there's know. a lot like you could say thunderstorm and half the people go yeah that's very soothing and comforting but this one is so specific to you. I know, but even like when I'm watching a movie or a television show and I hear somebody walking, it's mainly on gravel. Yeah. When I um, hear a car driving very slowly on gravel, it's that sound. I love it. You didn't go to the drive-in much when you were a kid, did no, you? No, I didn't go to the drive-in until I was an adult and Jimmy Mack took me for the first time. Waterworld was my first and only movie at a oh. drive Oh. So what year was that? That's the first time I ever went. Yeah. Yeah. In Glenview somewhere. When everybody's leaving the drive-in and you hear all those oh. cars start up and you hear that noise you just described of cars driving on gravel. Cause I'd it's be in all, heaven. Yeah, that would put you away because it's, 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 it's all around you. I literally get goosebumps when I hear that and when it's on a movie oh. or a television show. Isn't that weird? No, I don't think it's weird at all. It's just so, it's so specific to yeah. you. Like, no, like... A hundred people could hear that noise and think nothing of it, but for you, it's so oh, emotional. I love it. Mine is similar. It's different, but it's similar. I'll explain. 
I like the sound of somebody. <laughs> sounds awful. Oh God. Of somebody doing work and it's not me. I know what you mean. It's kind of like a Sunday afternoon. Somebody's got um, a circular buzzsaw that's happening or a weed whacker. I get it, though, because that's to me. And I don't want to step on your story, but I get it. It's kind of like a a lazing Sunday afternoon where you can relax. Right. And it's just the sounds off in the distance of yeah. a weekend. Of That's- somebody's up to something, and it's pro- it's progressive. They're doing something good. Like uh, it's the sound of somebody shoveling, or it's the sound of somebody vacuuming, or it's the sound of somebody doing something. And then I go, but it's not me. I'm laying here in bed. I'm, ha- I'm, I'm happy someone else is out doing it because I'm not. It All right. Well, so you and lazy. I may have different <laughs> views on this, but I, it, to me, that sounds like a weekend. Yeah. And weekends are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of a couple of things. It reminds me of like <laughs> the chores you didn't do as a kid. <laughs> Isn't that horrible? Yeah, because your meaning I, is so much different than mine. I did. I did some things as a kid. I, I, I wasn't over chored. I wasn't under chored. I had a couple of things I had to do. But uh, just the mere fact that somebody else was doing something that should, I should probably have been doing. You know, like my mom, my mom vacuumed a lot. Our house was very, very clean. You know, she wasn't a neat freak, but everything was in its place and everything was vacuumed and dusted. And I can't tell you how many mornings I woke up to the sound of my mom vacuuming in a room nearby. And, and that it was, was very a good com- thing? It was so comforting. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never been able to find a white noise machine that had <laughs> my mom vacuuming as one of the settings. But I would buy that in a minute. A neighbor hammering something. That's good, too. Yeah, because somebody, <laughs> somebody's busy, and I don't have to worry about it. I can just lay back. Oh, that kind of makes sense, though. It's so lazy, though. That's my I, least favorite I, word, no, so don't is. say that. It's uh, What is it? So, it's just so, it, it means I should have more responsibility, but I don't. But, but I but that's not a good thing. I should have more responsibility. You have enough. If somebody else is doing work, it's kind of a relief. <laughs> like you're like, hey, at least it's not me. So, yeah, there's a job to be done and somebody's doing it and it's not on my shoulders. Right. So, so it'll so, probably be done right. Right. <laughs> so know? it's like kind of a, an easygoing non-responsibility right. feeling. Yes. Yes. That's not lazy. Yes. And some of those things that everybody's doing, you wouldn't be able to do. No, that's true too. Although you did take a dryer apart. <laughs> With a fondue way, fork. I'm thinking about starting a service where I do that for people. <laughs> and I don't know what the, I have no idea what to charge on that. But if somebody has a large appliance that needs to be dismantled. In four days. In, it takes about four days. That's right. The, the, I'll look at it. I'll do that thing, you know, when you're giving an estimate where you just kind of, you think, you look at it from different angles and you think about it. Eh, it's a four day job. Uh, 20 bucks. Like 1-800-GOT-FOUR-DAYS. Yep. That's what you could it's call n- it. There's no immediacy at all no. to my part of it. Right. The, like, God, junk. They come and they get it done. You go, I need that taken care of, and they get They're it done. great. Mine is a more gradual process. It's, a, you know, it takes time. The other sound that I love, and this is a hard one to explain why I love it, but I do. I love the sound when it's hot outside of a blizzard. Like, I have found that th- there's several, uh, if you go to YouTube, uh, there's several sound effects places you can go to so i'll just like on a really hot day if i'm trying to take a nap or go to sleep i'll type in blizzard and that that puts me to sleep it's like it's like it it's a, such a nice counterbalance to the actual weather but it's not flip side like when it's really cold i don't play sunshine or something like that That's it's, weird. it only works one way i know i don't know why 
We have uh, skylights in our bedroom, and we have um, like slider doors that we can close. But yeah. sometimes I like to leave those slider dog doors open because if I'm trying to take a nap, even though the sun is shining in my face, I like to pretend I'm laying on the uh, beach. Oh, yeah. Because then it's like, you know, you can't open your eyes because it's too sunny. I don't yes. put sunglasses on or anything or lay on lotion, a towel. Do you lotion yourself no, I up? Don't. No, but I do like that sun in my eyes. Like I'm just you have imagining a Procadema game in your hand. <laughs> a what? Procadema. What is that? Those are everyone has seen this, but nobody knows the name of it. But if you've ever been to a beach, you've seen this. It's that circular paddle where one guy's standing there and a woman standing there, and then you have a ball that's about the size of a hacky sack ball, and you just there's no scoring to it. You make up your own rules. You just hit the ball back and forth on the big wooden paddles. That's called Procadema. Is that another term for paddle ball? Mm. And it's, pr- first of all, the way you said it, it sounded like a condition a pregnant woman would get, but that's preeclampsia. Did you hear what happened to Elaine? What? She's got procadema. <gasps> I just saw her yesterday. It's pro, and then a second word, kadima. Kadima. K A D I M A. Funky procadema. It's paddle ball, they say. Is it the same? Is it one and the same? Yeah, Procadema. You don't even get, like, when you buy this at a beach store, They don't. there's no rules that come with it. You just get two wooden paddles and a ball. It's, up to, it's the only game where you just make up your own rules. Whatever you want to do is fine by us. Like you're a kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Procadema, <clears throat> the original beach paddle with ball. Two wooden paddles and one ball. This is the classic beach game that Wendy Snyder has never seen. You should start with amateur Kadima. <laughs> I don't want you to hurt yourself. You'll pull a muscle or something. Like tennis in the sand, a beach favorite since 1975. Oh. I have never, ever seen this. Are you serious? Never? No. I just see people at our beach club that throw a ball or a frisbee. I've not seen the paddles. The only scoring that that I'm comfortable with is like you and whoever you're playing Procademon with, you just have to... See how many times you can hit it back and forth. That, like, so you're going for your record. You know, there's no other, there, you can't really make boundaries. It's really, it's a strange game. I have never in my and I just love that they leave it up to you to make up the rules. Whatever you want to do is fine with us. You bought our product. Just go, go have at it. Just uh, do whatever you want. Well, they do have rules, Bill. Is there really? Um, players stand in a circle. The object is for players to maintain a volley themselves but, a number of times before passing the ball to the other player using the paddles. I've never seen it played with more than two people. The game begins with one player maintaining a volley of two bounces before he or she passes the ball to the other player that has a paddle. Then I've I guess they do two bounces. I've never heard of that. Here's how we do it. You underhand serve it to the other guy. They hit it back, and then you count, and you, you try to break your record. That's it. All right, there are a number of variations. <clears throat> it's beach paddle ball is what it is. Mm-hmm. Funky Procadema. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that. Mm. Uh, those who hit the ball back and forth can play competitively or together as a team, trying to keep the ball alive for as long as possible. That's what you're That's saying. That's what we do, yeah. The game has become a sort of sport in Israel with literally hundreds of people playing together on the country's beaches. That's where I learned to play it. <laughs> In Israel. You're half Cath <laughs> and yes. half Jewish. Yes. Um, Israel has even asked the Olympic Itzhak Committee. Rabin taught me how to play. Really? Yeah. He was, very good. he was a very good player. Israel has even asked the Olympic Committee if it can be considered a sport at the 2012 Olympic Games laughed. in London. They just kept laughing. So this is an old article. <laughs>
Uh, requires at least two players, but can also have as many as three or four. I've never seen it ever played with more than two. Interesting. And it, and you always see people playing it, but you can also read it on their face. Like we don't know what we're doing. We're just we're just going to hit the ball back and forth and hope for the best. I have never seen this. It's fun. I'd rather throw. A I'll frisbee. bring mine in. We can play it here in the studio. I don't want to do all right. that. Um, all right. So WLS will get the broadcast rights. We'll make a million dollars. Well, maybe we could get a pro Kadima pro right. on the air with us to when help us? we fill in for John Howell, Big John Howell, uh, the week of March 16th through the 20th from mm-hmm. 5 to 7 p.m. on WLS AM 890. Uh, little Billy Left. Yep. And just Wendy. Yep. I can't wait. Good. Sounds good. Um, so what sound or noise do you love? Oh, yeah. uh, so I, it's, it's the people in the distance working and I'm not. <laughs> I'm sure that was a common answer on James Lipton's show. I'm sure. Many of the celebrities. Paul Newman, I think, gave the exact same answer. <laughs> You're in great company. Yeah. Same blue eyes. Yep. Uh, what sound or noise do you hate? Uh, Besides the sound of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> even if I, Even if that were true, I would never say that. I wouldn't even think that, much less say that. And it's not true. We're podcasting. You can say anything. Uh, <laughs> I hate the sound of a coffee maker going off. Oh, I lo- Wait, the beep or just the percolating noise? All of it. Because I've turned my beep off. Oh, you turned, did you? Yeah. Yeah. So now I just smell it and hear it in the no. morning at 6.30 a.m. Yeah. It doesn't do anything for me. And also, you know, here's the other one. This is the one I should have said. Yeah, because in this big world, that's the thing that bugs you. This is the one that bugs me the most. During flu season, and this is back when the flu was just a fun thing, not not today, not like it is today. But I hate that time of year where almost everybody has a cold and they think it's okay to do this. <laughs> to just suck in their, so their nasal passages. Yeah. Well, sometimes your nose is running. Yeah, I know. And you got to do that. I know. But it's just if have you ever been like in a movie theater that time of year where it's like in stereo, it's all around you. You're surrounded by all through the movie. Can you ever just let go? No, no. Wow. And I, I have to write. I... I have to write people up. I'm like, oh, I've got to write your name down now. Keep track. I thought I couldn't relax. <laughs> it's interesting to hear you. I I don't like the sniffles either, but sometimes you, I hate when it happens. Like I don't have a yeah. Kleenex or, or you're talking to someone mm. and you don't want to just stop and right. blow your nose. Right. right. And when those sniffly people's coffee is ready and they hear the sound of their coffee, <laughs> that's bad too. Coffee's up. That's bad. Yeah. I don't that's like bad. that sound either, but that's sometimes awful. people can't help that's it. It's inevitable. Sure. What's your favorite curse word? Number seven. Well, I I mentioned this the other day when I asked you yours, and your answer was you like all of them. No, F was the big one. That's your favorite one. And then one. I turned to MF for my favorite one. Right. How many times a day do you say it? What do you say? What, is, do you have an average? I have slowed down in my swearing. You have slowed down. You ha- you ha- you really have. Um, But I still like that. That, that word just Very hits effective. home. Yeah. When you're mad at somebody and you call them a crazy, mm, mm-hmm. I love it's it. Very effective. I use a couple times a month. But don't you think? Oh, that's not bad. Maybe a little more. A little more sometimes. Depends on what's going on. Right. Depends on who you're in contact with. 
when you think about it, it's probably inaccurate. And even if it is accurate, it's not a horrible thing. Yes, it is. Well, I mean, if you're going around with everybody's mother, it's bad. Yeah, but with your own. Oh, oh, so it's implying. You only had one mother. It's implying. Is it implying that you're you're having (laughs) relations with your own mother? Well, that's if you take it literally. Yes, I don't think it is. Is it? It's implying an incestuous relationship between yourself and your mom. I don't think it is. I think it's an insult that's meant to hurt you. So that's what I took it to mean. Maybe I've been. I. I don't think it means that. Misconstruing it all these years. I didn't really literally take... Is that the beauty take... pageant you won in high school? <laughs> <laughs> the misconstruing pageant. <laughs> Please welcome our winner, Miss Wendy Snyder. She's misconstruing 1988. <laughs> I didn't take it to mean what it meant literally. I just knew it wasn't a nice word. It's not a nice word, but I don't think it means what you think. I don't think. That's bad. Yeah, but it's not bad the other way if you're saying, hey, have you been with a MILF? <laughs> That's what I mean. But that, then it's not a slam. <sighs> it's almost like a, hey, good job. But I was, say, I was saying the other day when we were asking about your favorite swear words, the fact that the F word is used so negatively is really shocking because if done properly, it's, it's a pleasant event. It's not, it's not a bad thing if done properly. With adult supervision. Kids, don't try this at home. Please. These people are paid professionals. There's our disclaimer. <laughs> right. <laughs> so my favorite, and I mentioned this the other day, I think the word mofo is very, very funny. All right. So that's your it's word. Not as, it's not as cutting as the other swear it's words. It's more playful. It's a very playful <laughs> swear word. <laughs> Look at those mofos. Doesn't it just sound fun? It just sounds like everyone's having a good time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You'd still get beat up. You still can't say it in church. Right. There's very few times during church you can say it and get away with it. All right. We're up to question eight. <clears throat> these are James Lipton's 10 questions. He, by the way, I can hear spinning in his grave as we do these. I can hear off in the distance. It's one of my, ple- it's one of my pleasurable sounds. <laughs> I can hear him. <laughs> I can hear it way, 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 oh, way I feel way like off. I'm at Jiffy Lube. <laughs> <laughs> that takes the bolts off, by the way. Yeah. Bolt remover. It's, yeah. It's like Jiffy a. Jiffy Lube. Yeah. Uh, electrical ratchet. Yep. Yep. Miss. Yep. Um, what profession, mm-hmm. question eight, other than your own, would you like to attempt? Oh, you know, I'd love to be a tennis pro, but I, I'm, I'm nowhere near good enough. But that would be amazing. That would be so much fun. And the reason you're into tennis uh, belongs to a certain celebrity, correct? Uh, two celebrities. Oh. Vince Van Patten <laughs> and Farrah Fawcett. I, I hope you win an award someday. I hope you become a, a professional <laughs> tennis player. What award would I win? I, I don't know. Win an award. The Pro-Am. Well, Was maybe. that tennis? Yeah. I won a Pro-Am last year. Oh, but, that's right. But they, there were no time for speeches, I was told. <laughs> well, you did it as a team, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, um, really? In Wilmette, at one of the places I play in Wilmette, every year they do a Pro-Am tournament where all the amateurs, guys like me, uh, play in a round-robin tournament with the pros, and I, I won it last year. Well, you deserved a speech. Yeah, there wasn't time. Well, someday when you get a speech, I want to hear the people you thank and these two people and explain why. Uh, on an episode of Apple's Way, this is when Farrah Fawcett was, without question, the most attractive woman on television and maybe all of show business and maybe the world. The world. 
She was, right? She, every girl wanted her hair. Yes. Every guy wanted to look at that red tank suit she wore and that yes. poster where her hair curls allegedly spelled out sex. sex. Yep. Like you even saw that because you saw the nipples. Yep. Yep. So Farrah Fawcett was a guest star on a show called Apple's Way. I loved that show. Remember that show? Sundays, 6.30, I think. I don't remember the time, but I remember I loved it. It yeah. was a family. Ronnie Cox yep. was George was Apple. The dad. Yeah. And Vince Van Patten played the oldest son. And in one episode, Vince Van Patten was playing tennis with Farrah Fawcett. And I, I just stared at it. I couldn't even blink. I just thought, if tennis leads you to somebody like Farrah Fawcett... I have got to start playing tennis. It wasn't real life. It was a character on a television yeah, show. Somebody wrote that in, but <laughs> didn't matter to me. I just figured I figured out I could eventually find somebody like Farrah Fawcett. All I needed to do was learn to play tennis. So I started playing. How's that going <clears> for <throat> you? You met your lovely wife, but not because of tennis. Not because of tennis, but Terry has a lot of Farrah esque qualities to her. You know? In a red tank suit. She and two of her girlfriends are constantly solving mysteries. (laughs) 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 She thinks I'm the $6 million. She thinks I'm the $6,000 man. (laughs) She doesn't listen to the podcast. She does not listen. Nope. Doesn't know we're doing them. All right. Well, Farrah was really, every woman wanted to be her. And every guy wanted to be with her. And Vince Van Patten was a babe. He, yeah, he's I gotta a good-looking guy. And now explain, <clears throat> Dick Van Patten from Eight is Enough is his not father. his dad. Oh, it is his dad. Yeah. I thought they were brothers. No, Timothy Van Patten oh, from God. The White Shadow. Stalker much? A.K.A. Salami. Oh, Salami. Played Salami on White Shadow. He is Dick Van Patten's much younger brother. Okay. He's the same age as Dick Van Patten's kids because Ma- oh. Mom and Pop Van Patten were, you know, they had a, a long uh, legacy of... Having children. They were doing some heavy patting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think that's accurate to say that they were. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, you kind of look like Vince Van Patten. Oh, if your that's, hair was that's blonder. That's a compliment. That's I'm a very nice kidding. compliment. I met him a couple years ago. Did I tell you this? Because he was doing in all In real those... life? Yeah, I met him in real life. Okay. <laughs> in a dream. Uh you know those commercials for the casino that's in Milwaukee that show a guy his his ties undone. He's obviously been at the blackjack table or the you know the poker table for quite a long time, winning. He's got women around him. He's drinking champagne and he's playing at this casino in Milwaukee. That guy is Vince Van Pat. Oh, yeah, I've, I haven't seen that commercial. How's he looking now? Uh, he's very handsome. He played pro tennis for years. After he was actor, an actor, he went on into the tennis circuit and he was very successful. He's a really he's an amazing tennis player. Did he ever meet Farrah Fawcett in real life yeah, after were, the show? Yeah, they were close friends. And when he when he was in Chicago and we interviewed him at WLS, um, that's when Farrah had just taken sick. Oh. You know, she found out about the cancer and stuff. And he had just talked to her just a few weeks before he was in. And we talked about, you know, her, what she was going through and everything like that. But they stayed, the Van Patten family and Farrah Fawcett's family were very close for years and years and years. That's good to know. Yeah. Yep. All right. So you'd want to be a professional. I would love to be a pro tennis player. There's still time. I could. Yeah, I could switch over to that. Uh, That's realistic. Number nine. What profession would you not want to do? This is the easiest one for me to answer. There is no amount of money 
they could possibly give me to be a window washer in a big city, you know, to be out on that scaffolding and have them lift you up and you got to spend a few hours washing windows. <laughs> I couldn't, like, honestly, if they said to me, and I'm not, I'm not kidding, I'm not exaggerating, here's $5 million, just go up and wash the windows for a day, I couldn't do it. There's no way in the world I could do it. Yeah, but $5 million, what if you died, would you get paid? Because then I bet Terry would force you to do it. Five million? Are you kidding? I was going to do Double the it, Corona it, shot for uh, $50,000. I couldn't even imagine. My body would tense up so much. <laughs> well, I'd I'd be, be, we'd be working and you'd look out there. I'd see that peripherally. I'm going, who's that guy on the scaffolding doing the robot? <laughs> <laughs> the robot dance. I would, And I've had this nightmare where I'm up on a scaffold like that. I would have to lay flat on the ground and clutch like whatever I whatever I would think would be the most safe safest thing on the scaffold. I would just lay there and embrace like as hard as I could. I would hug it, and I would cry. I would, I would until they took me down. I would weep. You're the guy who still believes, like a lot of other people in yeah. the world, that if you're in an elevator and it starts falling rapidly to the ground, that you could time it correctly and step off and not get hurt. Well, I believe that you would want to jump up and down. No, neither. We found out from people that... Experts have said that that won't work. Exactly. Life is not a cartoon, okay? But I think it, if it's one of those things that I think if it works in your head, that that's enough to make it work. So you'd die happy that you were right. <laughs> I would die ignorant, believing <laughs> that I stood a chance. So for people who are trying to envision this, my belief is always, all right, so let's say you're in an elevator and you're on the 80th floor and all of a sudden the brake system gives out and the elevator is plunging towards the ground. My way of thinking is if you're jumping up and down on the elevator, you've got about a 50-50 chance of being midair when the elevator crashes to the ground. Now, I've been told by people way, way smarter than me that there's no way that can work. Yeah, you know why? The centrifugal force of it coming <clears> down, <throat> you would be unable to jump up because you're going down. You'd probably be up at the top. Oh, yeah, I bet everybody so, would be. Yeah, you would not oh. be able to jump up and down. You'd have no control over it unless you had an electromagnetic vest on or I, something. I do currently have an <laughs> electromagnetic vest that I'm wearing right now. Yes. I don't even know if that would have, but there's no way you could jump because the the centrifugal force the you would speed. be pushed up to the ceiling. Oh, that's true. Your head would be at the top of the elevator. Oh, I never thought of that. Oh, <laughs> you are so bothered by this, and you touched your face. I yeah, because I'm panicking now. <laughs> when you stay here, I'm going to buy up all the toilet paper in Chicago. Stay right where you are. Don't touch the bacon. <laughs> You're the fourth person to tell me that today. Why do people keep telling me that? <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> um, all right. So you would not want to be a window washer. It's not that I don't want to be. I couldn't be. Like if it was the only job left in the world, I'd be out of luck. What if it was just a two-story building? I could do a two-story. What's your cutoff? Anything above four? four. But even four, I, <laughs> could, en I could endure, like I could get through four because I could go, all right, let's say I fall off the scaffolding and I'm on the fourth floor. I'll probably break a leg or part of my body, <laughs> but I'll live and I won't. Unless you fall funny on your neck, then you're done. No, but I would still, oh, I guess I couldn't position myself to make my head up. What are you, a cat? 
You know how they flip around? I'm not a cat, but I have cat-like reflexes. Yeah. I really do. So, yeah, you couldn't figure... I guess it'd be impossible. You would just fall. Right, all right. But when you think about it, like, let's say it was a building that was really a, like a skyscraper building. You could do that if somebody said, hey, we've checked. All the rigging is safe. Everything's fine. Go on up. It'll You'll, you'll be up for three hours. Then we can come down and you can have lunch. And if you want to go back up, fine. If not, we'll call it a day. You could even entertain that as a possibility? First of all, no one's going to ever ask me that. So I, I'm really not going to spend time thinking, right. playing this game of make-believe with you. Right. Second of all, <laughs> how much are they going to give me? It all comes down to money? Probably. See, I can't even, the money doesn't even enter into it. Because there is no amount of money that I could do. It, there just isn't. Five million dollars. Couldn't do it. I swear to you, I couldn't do it. Isn't that crazy? I wish so badly I could go, yeah, well, let me think about it. If $5 million, I would think about it. I know, I know for a fact I couldn't do it. Would I actually have to wash the windows, or would I just ride up on the scaffolding to the top of the building and then come down? Because if I have to Does work that matter? For it, yeah, because I think I'd be a little nervous. I really love washing windows. I am really good with a squeegee. Yeah. And I would love to do <laughs> so that. So what I read in the men's room is true. I I used to love, I still, when I go to a gas station, except it makes the rest of your car all dirty, but I love dipping the little spongy <laughs> thing in there, getting your windshield wet. So you could even think about that if you're that high up in the air, you'd even be thinking about the joy you'd get from making the squeegee wet. You could even think about that. I could, there's, I would have no other thought than, oh, what if this thing tips and I'm dead? Again, I just <clears> don't <throat> like to waste time thinking about something that's not going to happen. You know, in our last job when... Uh, every once in a while, this would happen a couple times a year, the window washer guys were right, they were right outside of our studio. You could see them and you could interact with them. Well. You're not supposed to, but I always would. <laughs> but you're not supposed to. But I would wave at them, you know, because I'm like, these guys see people in their window all day and nobody ever says hello. That's crazy. I'm going to say hello. And they wave back. They wave back. But then I was told downstairs by the supervisor to not do that. Remember? Yes. Please and don't why? wave at the guy because it, it takes them out of their game. You know, they don't, they don't, all they want to focus in on is the job, right? Yeah, but okay, here's the other side of it. If you're on scaffolding and you have all these windows that you're in front of, yeah. you tell me you're not going to look in and see oh, what's going on? That's the only reason you take the job. <laughs> why would, so only who, peeping Toms need apply? Who else would take that job unless you were into that, into spying on people? It's good money. I don't think it's great money. It's it's not. I guess it's, it's less risk, than I thought. It's not risk your life everyday money. Jobs are hard to come by. I know, no, I believe me. I know they are. But I, th- there is no there is no dollar value they could possibly put on there that would make me go. Yeah, you know what? Let me. I'll do it for a few months. We'll see how things go. I couldn't do it. I want to see how much a window washer in Chicago makes, and let's see. Take a get before you look it up. I take saw, a guess. I saw oh, you already know. So you guess. Uh, I'm going to say in Chicago, your average window washer. I'm going to say probably walks with around sixty to seventy thousand a year. That's on a good day. Is it less than that? Mm-hmm. High rise window cleaner oh. in Chicago, anywhere from thirty two thousand to sixty seven thousand per year. <sighs> But think about it. Listen, I know it's a dangerous job. And I couldn't do that for, like, if they gave me that for a day, I'd go, I can't do that. Well, that's not worth it. Can't do it. I only do a million and up for a day's worth of work. You get dental? (laughs) Do they include dental? Yeah. Yes. I'll consider it.
Um, dental records, because that's how they <laughs> identify you after you fall into a heap. Um, it's not a lot of money for the danger that it no. is, but windows can go dirty. It's not like it's, you right. know, um, right. a super important job. Like if all of a sudden no one would go and become a high rise window washer, right. they'd go, okay, well, you know, yep. you're right. We don't wash the windows. Right. It rains. Well, I think they've developed, I'm almost positive I've heard that they've developed these self-washing windows, that there's some, there's some mechanism at the base of the window that cleans it. Oh. Which is a miracle. Yeah, but That's someone fantastic. has to go out there to surface it, service to it. To put when the it, fluid in there. And when it breaks down. Yeah, that's true, too. A gadget that breaks down. Yeah. And they always, gadgets always break down? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, $32,000 to $67,000 per year. That according to salary.com. That's insane. ZipRecruiter says 21000 to 40000 per year, but that just says window washer. It doesn't say high-rise window washer. I would do low-rise only. That would be my <laughs> Like department. your jeans. Yeah. It's just like my jeans. Yep. Yep. Um, average. I just was reading somewhere online that, you know, um, high-waisted pants are popular, not for men, but they've made a comeback for women because um, they're allegedly more flattering. I don't think they are, but... Um, you, I wear them because I like to fancy myself as our generation's Chiquita Banana. That's why I wear them. <laughs> but the high-waisted jeans have made a comeback in recent years. But now I was looking, there was some like, oh, the top styles that are coming back that you can find on Amazon. Yeah. They had the waist so high it came to the bottom of your bra strap. Who's wearing them like that? I Ed don't. <laughs> I must say. <laughs> don't your jeans look decent? Yeah, that was, I, I don't like that yeah. look. Even like little tiny skinny model people. Yeah. I still don't like that look. It's too much jean. Right. I agree with you. I'm with um, you. Yeah. So like somewhere along the line of 18 bucks an hour. Oh, to be up that high, to know that one wrong move could cost you your life for $18 an hour. That's the average. I don't get it. It could go up to $27 an hour. Oh, that's better. Still though. No way. Yeah. Uh -uh. That's not worth it. Uh uh. All right, and finally... This is uh, the last James Lipton question? Yes, we right. are doing the 10 How questions. How am I doing so far? You've been uh, really just question one I wasn't happy with yeah. the answer. Then I then I righted the ship. You did, totally. Uh, the cruise ship, which you shouldn't go on in this time right. of the coronavirus. That's true. Um, number 10, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? All right, can I tell you the best answer to this question was given by Tom Hanks... Remember Tom Hanks from Bosom Buddies? He was on one time. <laughs> That's all you know him from, huh? Yeah, he was great on Bosom Buddies. Oh, he also played <laughs> Uncle Ned on, um, uh, what's the show with uh, Michael J. Fox? Um, I'm just, I can't get over Bosom Buzzies. <laughs> Bosom Buddies. <laughs> I know, but I'm just thinking of Ruth Buzzy. Bosom oh, yeah. Buzzies. She should have been. <laughs> She should have been the star. Slip of the tongue, Bill. Uh, yeah. It was Alex P. Keaton was um, Family Matters. No, that was with her. Family Ties. Family Ties. Family Ties. All right. Remember when he was Uncle Ned for a few oh, episodes? Oh, yes, I do. Actually. And he was abusive. Yes. He was, he was bad. That was a very special episode yeah. of Family He had a drinking ties. problem and he was abusive toward Alex. Yes. I he was a very that. young Tom Hanks.
All right. So Tom Hanks was asked the same question. All the guests on Inside the Whack, the Whackers. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> all right. So Tom Hanks was asked the same question. If if God exists. Yeah, here, let me phrase it. If heaven exists. If heaven exists. What would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? So his answer was, ah, 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 not you. Way too soon. Go on back. I thought oh, that was a, a good Wasn't one. that the best answer? That's a good one. I, w- I don't want to steal Tom Hanks' answer, but something like that. No, you got to like, come up with your own. We've ma- oh, Bill, we've made a horrible mistake. Go, Please not only go back, but do- double your time. It's on, a- it's on the house. And you're not going to heaven because you stole Tom Hanks' material. I probably won't go. Yeah, <laughs> I probably will not end up there. But that's fine. All right. That's it's just eternity. Is that a long time? I don't know. I don't know anymore. <laughs> Well, you can't do you. You shouldn't have told us about Tom Hanks's answer because but I that said the great, that's the best answer, though. Yeah, but I, I don't think you can bargain. No, probably not. They probably just, have made their minds up. Yeah, at that point, bring me that one. And God, let me just say, yeah, everybody says, you know, oh, just all these good people. They die so young. Only the good die young. Yeah. And there are people that are jerks that keep living. How is that? God doesn't want to surround himself. With jerks. Yeah. I was going to say the A word. Oh. But yeah, God does not want, I mean, if you were God and you could have that big finger that points down like in Monty Python. (laughs) The cartoon finger. Yes. If you could point and say, I'll have that one. Right. I'll have that one. Right. Wouldn't you take your Farrah Fawcett, your Rutger Howe, (laughs) (laughs) your Rosie the Riveter? Why? Why wouldn't you take those people, Kay Ballard, to give her another shout out? They'll all be there. Oh, wait, she's not dead yet? Kay Ballard's dead. Oh, thank God. I thought I was going to be the one. I mean, not thank God that she's dead. Wow. um, I mean, God can choose who he wants to hang with. Don't you think it's funny whenever anyone dies? I don't know if this is funny, but it's unusual. And people are talking about that person. They go, well, you know where they are now. They're up there playing pool. With your Uncle Dave and Elvis. Like they always throw in like somebody that the deceased yeah. knew. And then they throw in somebody like Elvis. And you always go, is that what heaven is? Is all the people that always wanted to play pool with Elvis, they finally get their chance? Is that what it is? God, I hope so. You've he, given me hope. He's going to be tired. But here's the thing. Okay, <clears throat> you've got, you know, if I could pick like a little meeting of people, I, I'll have my own James Lipton question. Who would you want to hang with when you get to heaven? Oh, what a great question. That is a great question. How many people? How many choices do you get? Oh, maybe we should save this for another episode. Do those people already have to be no longer with us? Yeah, they have to be already be up there. So you get a, you, you go to heaven and they say, here, here's a form to fill out. And one of the questions is you get to ask X amount of people and they're in your your group, your coven, your posse. It's you and three others. Well, not for eternity. I think you can just just hang out with them. And then you know how I feel. Once people get to know me, they love me and want to be my friend. Yeah. Because I won't have it any other way. I hate when people don't like me. Yeah. But let's save this for the next podcast. Like, and, and think about it. Who that has already died? I know one person you'd want to hang with. These are famous people. Well, I mean. They don't have to be. They could be. They could be. It could be a family member that you miss, but yeah. I'm going. I'm going celebrity. I've already dealt with my family. Yeah, right? Yeah, they put their time in. Yeah, get somebody new. So, but my question: Gene Wilder. You that would be your I'd pick. pick. I, would I wouldn't Gene pick Gene Wilder. Him. No, you don't have to pick him. I mean, I'd I wouldn't him. be opposed if he walked by and said, "Hey, would you like some chocolate?" 
I'd say, sure. Sure. How long has it been here? Has it been here for a while? Is I it... don't think anything spoils in heaven. Don Rickles? I, I was going to say, that's your first person I'd you'd pick. I picked Don Rickles and Gene Wilder. How many more do I get? Well, do you want to do it now then and not next no, time? No, I'll do it next time. But all I'm saying, because I'll tell you right now. Dr. Hauer. Oh, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> I'd go the, you know... <laughs> Mr. Howard, you're also a new arrival, aren't you? No, I've been dead quite a while. And I'll go, Wendy. I would go the Jim Morrison, <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin route. Oh, the J Squad. And not Pamela Corson or who Pamela, whoever. I've seen it written who? both ways. Um, Jim Morrison's common-law wife. I guess they got married. Pamela Corson. Coulson. I don't know who that is. I've That's never heard who of he her. married. She was his lover. So you would... I don't want her don't, there. Why would you want her there? You don't want her there. She's, no, that's what I'm saying. Everyone but her. But, yeah. you know, here's my question She'd to you. She'd be rock blocking you. you don't she need, would be. You don't need that. Pamela Corson. Yeah, I don't want her in there either. She was a longtime companion of Jim Morrison. And I think they did get married or I don't know. But she had this intense relationship with him. No, she'd be in your way. Yeah, I don't... She would rock block me. Thank you for that. You're welcome. You can use that in heaven. They'd think I was cool if I put sure, that out. I'm sure they would. Um, I'm positive they would. But so my question to you is that just off the top of my head, those are three people that I'd want to hang with. Yeah. Not for eternity, but just to like maybe interview them and to see what they're all about. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure heaven is like down here where unless you get a backstage pass. Right. What do you just think when you get to heaven? Oh, I have access to and throw Elvis in there. Like I can just walk up to him and go, "Hey, Mr. Presley." Well, that's the thing is people always say it so matter-of-factly when they're giving their version of heaven and they'll pick people like Elvis Presley or or Frank Sinatra or somebody, you know, who's an icon. And I don't think I don't think heaven would work that way. I'm not a I truth be told, I'm not a believer in it. So well, all of I this am. is very abstract to me, but if it did exist, wouldn't it have some semblance of order like Earth does, where in real life you can't go, I like Marlon Brando, so I'm just going to call him up and show up, and we'll have to hang around together. That that doesn't happen in real life. Why would it happen there? But wouldn't that be heaven? <sighs> wouldn't that be heaven if you get there, which you won't? But won't. if you get there, no, I'll be up there, and you'll be down here, and I'll be showing you the giant middle finger. Like, should have been nicer. <laughs> That'll get you kicked out of heaven. No. You're not allowed to God flip forgives. people off in heaven. Uh, God forgives. I don't think that's allowed in heaven. Especially when it involves you. Read your rule book. <laughs> Read your pamphlet when you get there. But you would get to heaven and you would want to hang out with, um, uh, what's his, I can't even think of it. What's Whoa. the comedian? Don, Don Rickles. Rickles. That would be your first choice. Right. Uh, yeah. But not for eternity. Right. Because for that's a little too bit of time. long. That's too long. <laughs> you and Don Rickles for the rest of ever. Did you ever see, there is a documentary called Heaven that Diane Keaton made, I'd say 25 years ago. Did you ever see it? No. It's phenomenal. What it does is it deals with different people's perception of what heaven is like. Like she interviews all kinds of people from all walks of life and she goes, you know, tell me what, what is heaven like? And then they just kind of, everyone's got their own version of it. And then she goes into detail, like how heaven's been treated in books and in movies over the years. And they show clips of movies from the 40s where people are up in heaven and what it's like. And it's it's all variations on that. Well, it's not all variations, but it's a lot of variations on that theme of a lot of clouds and a lot of harps and a lot uh, of wings. Yeah. You know, it's a how lot of versions of that. How do you not fall through the clouds? That's what I want to uh, know. They don't, talk, they, don't, they don't mention that. They don't give an answer for that. That's a great question. I think you got to ask that on the tour. Like as soon as you get there, you got to go. Just a quick, I got one quick thing before you show us the tour. How am I not falling? 
It's because you're weightless in heaven. I bet that's part of it. Which is my goal. Finally. If you ever get a chance to see this, and it's not easy to come by, it's called Heaven. Diane Keaton made it, like, I, I probably 25 years ago. It's phenomenal. It's so great. Is it a documentary? Yeah. Does she interview people that have died and allegedly gone to heaven for a while? I don't remember that, but it would make sense that she would. That would seem like a natural. Because there's always that light. Yes. And then... Um, they always talk about going into the light. Yes. Diane yeah. Keaton, it's called Heaven... And what was it made around 97 or 98, maybe 87, 87. Wow. I don't know where I can see it, but I will try and find it. I never even heard of it. Ah, It's so good. Did you see it then? Yeah. I saw it when it came out with Rutger Hauer. I'm going home. We, We used to switch off. He'd pick a movie. I'd pick a movie back and forth, back and forth. You're not rock blocking me. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> You're doing your typical. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't even know if it's on any of the... I'll check and see if it's on, uh, like, Netflix or something. I'll find it for you. Yeah, I was trying to find... You would enjoy it very, very much. I would like to find uh, where it's visible. Yeah, all right. All right. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Are we done? Aren't we? Legally, Wendy, we still have three minutes. All right, I'll stop it. You scared me. That music just came out of nowhere. <laughs> From heaven. You know, if you don't do the hour, because these are hour-long podcasts, you end up in the Huskow. You go to jail. You know that, right? <laughs> Huskow and Heine. Do they still that's do the mornings? Law, that's the law firm that I've retained. <laughs> I'm Jerome Huskow, and I'm Lloyd Heine. <laughs> we're, we're, out, we're looking out for you. Call 222-2222. Are those the same guy? Are there they're no, two guys? those two lawyers whose yeah. phone number is that 222222? Yeah. No, those are two different guys. They look a lot alike. Yeah. That, well, that's the, that's the trend now in law firms. You want to pal up with somebody who looks kind of like you. That's <laughs> like the hottest rage in TV law. You know, when you're speaking of commercials, it's funny because everybody knows that commercial. But I have a favorite commercial that if I am fast forwarding through something and I find it, I yeah. will go back to watch the whole thing. What is it? It's the Liberty Mutual Liberty Bibberty guy where he said that he is auditioning for a role oh, and they keep handsome. feeding him the lines and he yeah. keeps screwing up and yeah. he's like, uh, blah, blah, Liberty Bibberty. And then they finally just said, oh, whatever, we'll dub it in. And then his voice does not match the, the voiceover at the end. It is the funniest commercial. So you physically, like if you're fast forwarding and I and see you the see Liberty it, Bibberty guy, yeah. You go, Really? This is the best thing ever. <laughs> That's what my heaven is, Bill. What is it about it that makes you so... It's funny. Yeah. It's this handsome dude. But you know, I mean, it doesn't surprise you every time. You know what's coming. You've seen it enough times. It's just, it's very comical to me. Oh. I find that to be a very wow. humorous commercial. Wow. Are my standards too low? I have to say, no, I don't think so. I have to say that I have now become so good at... Um, the gun, as my husband calls it. The gun. Which is the remote. The remote. I've timed it so well. And I think it's because, I, I don't know if all systems do this, but does yours, like if you pause it, does yours have a counter, like automatically does it show you the counter? Yeah. Right. We have the same system. So I know that most commercial breaks are three minutes. So I'll go, okay, this one starts at 22.16. I'll just go to 25.16, exactly three minutes, and I'm there. But I've become, 
I'm like a gunslinger. I'm so good. I'm so like, like commercials now. And I hate to say this cause I love commercials, but they become such an afterthought cause I'm not seeing them anymore. Hardly. Except the Liberty Biberty. Except that. Yeah. I'll make, I'll make time for that one. If it means that much to you. There's a long one and a short one. The long one's way funnier. But it's the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just he's auditioning for this role to be the spokesperson for Liberty Mutual, and he can't yeah. get the lines right. 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 And it's very funny to me. And I've noticed that a lot of the shows we watch, uh, This Is Us. Yeah. And I watch New Amsterdam, too. I don't know if you do. I've seen it a few times. They frequently, um, I don't know if this is just ABC, because I also watch Good Girls. They say, we'll be back in exactly in one, one minute. minute. And they are, and it is. It's a one-minute break. So that makes it easy for you. But now I was watching Better Things with Pamela Adlon on uh, FX. And one commercial break was, I swear to you, it was over five minutes. It's like there wasn't really? a commercial for a while. And then in the middle, there was like a five-minute break. Because I normally get the sense, too, of, hey, I should start slowing down here. Because yeah. I speed it up. I hit it three times, and it goes really fast. Yeah. But this kind of threw me. It was a little longer. Have you seen any shows? Uh, Colbert Show does this every night. And I've seen a couple of other shows do it a little bit, but not as much as his show. During some commercial breaks, they show you the commercial on a smaller screen. Yeah. But there's also a side screen that shows you what's going on behind the scenes as they're readying for their next guest on the show. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. That's strange. Saturday Night Live started doing that about seven or eight years ago, where during a commercial break in the middle, they'll show you them setting up the next scene, building the scenery and getting the set ready just for a couple seconds. Yeah, but they shouldn't do that because if they added all those up, we would get the final ending where they can say goodnight because sometimes that's clipped off. I know. By the way, Daniel Craig, really flipping funny. Yeah, he was a good, he was a good host. He was really For a good. Movie that now won't air until November. But I don't even understand that. Why are more? It may be worse in November. Their way of thinking is they described this movie as a global event, and they said when they show it in theaters, and the, the last thing they want to do is put out this his last James Bond movie and have it poorly attended. You know, I guess so. It, it really is. They're hopeful that by the time November rolls around, everything is back to normal. If we're all still here, but it is going to cut into. It would cut in hugely to people going and seeing this movie, not just in the U.S. but all over the place. They make a lot of their movie and money in James Bond movies overseas. So, you know, in places like Italy and stuff where everything is so dangerous right now. Would they get any audience at all for this movie? They don't want that. I don't know. They can't leave the country. They need something to do. Right. Right. Aren't you big overseas, too? Yeah, I'm huge overseas. <laughs> you and Hasselhoff. <laughs> nothing, nothing in America, but uh, go to Chad and say my name. Watch what happens. <laughs> you know what you say about people named Chad. Can't trust them. <laughs> oh, there it is. I thought we were postponing the theme song till November. I almost did. <laughs> That's it for episode 21, everybody. How about that? We're finally legal. <laughs> For better or worse. I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. More fun tomorrow. Join us then. Bye, Wendy. See you, Bill.